This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we celebrate the start of short term with a look back on some historic performances. Softball defeated number eight nationally ranked Tufts 1-0 on Saturday. Men's golf hosted and recorded their best finish ever at the NESCAC Championship and rowing one's 10th consecutive President's Cup. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates softball team had a busy week, starting with a doubleheader sweep of Thomas College on Wednesday. Then, the Bobcats pulled off one of their biggest wins in program history, defeating number 8 nationally ranked Tufts 1-0 in Game 1 of Saturday's doubleheader. First year, Mass and Hollis tossed a complete game shutout, holding the Jumbos to just four hits. First year, Candy Jones caught the shutout and hit a solo home run, which turned out to be the game-winning hit. Both joined the Bobcats this week to look back on a massive win. Well, really excited to have the starting battery of the duo that beat Tufts 1-0 on Saturday at Lafayette Street Field. A couple first years, Madison Hollis, Candy Jones. And, wow, first of all, what a win. I mean, Madison, yeah. in the circle, what was really working for you? And, I mean, you obviously knew about how good Tufts was entering this game. And so what was your mindset going in? Yeah, so Kennedy watched a lot of film before the game, which I really appreciated. Um, we kind of knew that we wanted to stay low in the zone because they are really big powerhouse hitters. So my changeup was really good this game. Like, it really kept them off balance. And then I was throwing a lot of balls in the dirt. Like, especially when I was getting two strikes. Like, they were really, like, itching to hit. And that was something we were, like, really capitalizing on. Great. Well, Kendi, well, tell us about the film study you did. Yeah, I think I have been thinking about the Tufts game since August, coming in as a freshman. Um, I think we knew we had something to prove to ourselves and to everybody else in the NESCAC. So I just was, like, on the internet searching, like, tough softball 2023. I even watched film from years before just to see, like, a competitive advantage that we could have against them. And It worked out. Yeah. Nicely. Um, so as a catcher, uh, what kind of – I mean, are you calling the pitches? How does that work? Yes, yeah, sir. So I call all of the pitches for our pitching staff. Um, really, it just works with getting to know them and then trying to throw what they're comfortable throwing in counts that are competitive. So our pitchers do a great job of making sure that – What's working that day is really working. All right, and you had the lone run of the game, the home run to right field. Take us through what you saw in that pitch. Yeah, so I had been watching film, and I had been telling the girls, like, she's going to go away, she's going to go away. And then I got up to bat. Madison had just told me, hit the first pitch. And I was like, okay. Then I took the first pitch. I was like, okay. I, do it. <laughs> I was like, that's not the one I was looking for. And then um, she threw a lot of stuff that was down, just like Madison. And I was like, okay, I'm looking for something that's above the belt. And then I got it, and that was kind of put a swing on it and hoped for the best. When you made contact, did you think it was going to go out? Um, I knew I put a good swing on a good pitch. Yeah. I didn't know if it had enough behind it just because it was opposite field, but I watched it. I was <laughs> running, and I was like, go, go, go. So, yeah, great. And then, Madison, what was your view of that? Um, I was out of the dugout as soon as she hit it. Yeah. Like, me and Cass, a senior on the softball team, we were, like, at the plate, like, we knew it was out. Like, we were, like, blowing air at it to, like, keep it going. So, like, I'm really happy. I'm happy she didn't swing at the first pitch, by the way, because if she wouldn't have, if she would have, like, we wouldn't have gotten our home run. So, <laughs> Great. And then, Candy, you're from Mississippi. So tell us how Bates got on your radar. Yeah. So, I mean, I really wanted to come to the Northeast for academics. Um, and I think I went to some camps, and the Bates coach found me there. And then the rest is kind of history. We hit it off and kind of ended up here. 
And Madison, what's it like working with Kennedy, like, as a duo? I love Kennedy. She's very receptive. Like, she's very willing. Like, whenever I shake off a pitch, like, she's very, like, okay, they're like, what are you thinking? And that's, like, really nice as a pitcher. Because, like, as a pitcher, like, you kind of step on the mound, like, this is what I want to throw. And it's really nice to, like, your catcher, like, you, like, look her in the eye, and she, like, throws it down, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, we're, like, so in tune. Like, it's really nice. Excellent. And, Candy, how did you first get into softball? How did this sport, you know, become your, your favorite? Yeah, so... Um, I come from a pretty big family. All my brothers play, um, but my sister ran, like, cross-country. So I think that um, I didn't want to do that. Running wasn't for me. And my family was really, really into baseball. So I was like, okay, let's see how – and then I just was a strong kid. So um, I kind of hit with power since I was younger, and I think it's fun when you're doing well in that way. So I think I kind of loved how challenging it was to be, like, good at the sport that we play, so – Great, and then um, obviously you still got four NESCAT games left, yeah. right? You're at Trinity yeah. this weekend, and you got some home games against mm-hmm. Williams. So, Madison, what are your thoughts on these four games coming up? Hopefully, leading into the NESCAT tournament. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Um, I know like it's gonna be good competition, and like we're gonna be ready to play. Like I'm just really excited to play. Like it's just so fun. Candy, doing any film study on Trinity and Williams? <laughs> you know I am. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> started. Yeah. Um, I just think that. As a catcher, your job is to make your pitchers look good, and the best way to do that is to watch film on the other team to know like what makes them not look good. So I think that's kind of the goal is help us out as much as we can. Great, and then I know I mean you don't catch all the games. Amanda Taylor's been doing a lot of catching also as a senior. How do you kind of how do the catchers work together, perhaps? Yeah, so I think that you know our number one goal is just to make sure that we do the best job that we can to win the game for the pitcher, um, and I think that that looks like for me and Amanda talking about what's working for the pitchers um talking about what we would throw in certain counts because she also calls pitches if she's catching and I think that like also having support on the bench from the other catcher has been really helpful just because like I don't know the Tufts games especially can get or the Amherst games even Hmm. can get really really intense so like when you look on the bench and you know like the other catchers wanting you to succeed that's a big part of it for sure yeah the team's had some wild games your extra innings and close contest imagine I'd be remiss to not ask you about your first collegiate home run (laughs) because that happened last week also (laughs) it was against Thomas right yeah Yeah, so take us through uh, getting the first home run there so it was a 3-2 count and I knew that she was going to throw me something to hit she had been trying to beat me inside, and I, like, thought to myself, I was, like, if it's coming inside, like, you're just going to mash it. And it was, like, really special because, like, my parents were on their way up here, so they were on the plane, and I was, like, did you guys see it? Did you guys see it? Because, like, they paid for the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, they weren't missing it, and I was just, like, really appreciative, and, like, they were there for the Tufts game, so it was really special. So they were able to see it on the airplane. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Yes. (laughs) Outstanding. All right. Well, any other thoughts you want to share, Kennedy, on the, you know, this past weekend, this past week and the season so far, perhaps? I think we were just all really excited to celebrate our seniors. You know, they've been playing a big role for us this year and, you know, previous years was pretty big for them. So I think just going forward, playing as a team, making sure that we have each other's backs, we're going to be competitive. I think people should look out for us. So excellent. Madison, how about you? Any other thoughts? Um, I'm very happy that we like could do this for the seniors like I know this was a really big thing for them and I'm just happy that like we were all experiencing this as a team and like we've been really good about like celebrating everyone's wins because like Saturday was a really big team win yeah like everyone was doing their role on the bench on the field whatever like everyone played a huge part in that and like we wouldn't have succeeded as well if everyone like wasn't doing that and I think it was a really important and it was like a really good team win like it just felt really good excellent Matt Hollis, Kendi Jones thanks so much thank Thank you. you on Saturday and Sunday the Bates men's golf team hosted the NESCAC championship, and the Bobcats turned in their best finish in the conference ever. Bates finished tied for fourth, 
with first-year Henry Erlich and junior Paul Detry finishing in the top 10. Sunday's weather was not ideal, but the Bobcats battled through nine holes before the round was called due to unplayable course conditions. Junior John Kawakami tallied the lowest score on the day for Bates, and he joins the Bobcats to look back on the NESCAC championship. Well, John, first of all, the final day of NESCAC championships only played nine holes because of the weather, but you had the low score for the Bobcats. How were you able to get through the rain there? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely not the easiest round. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of wind and rain, so staying dry was very key. Um, I really just stayed patient the entire day. Um, just didn't try to do anything too crazy. Shorten up a swing, try to hit fairways and greens, um, and I was able to do that really well. Where were you on the course when they blew the horn to come back in? I had just finished playing the 10th hole, and it was pouring, absolutely downpouring, and our group was like, they got to blow it right now at some point. And luckily we heard the horn, uh, so we were able to come back in. Well, how did you do on the 10th hole? Because it didn't count. Yeah, I, I made a bogey, and okay. I, was, I was more than happy with the bogey on that one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. What was the experience like, you know, playing host to the Nutscat? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I think we were all super excited just knowing Martindale so well um, and getting to host you know our conference tournament is something that we we were really happy about um and wanted to do very well and i think we, we were able to execute this weekend and i think we all really enjoyed it yeah the team tied for fourth i mean middlebury got the victory but everyone else was within one sh or two shots of each other it seemed like right yeah it was, it was really bunched up middlebury absolutely they they played great and they definitely deserved to win but i think it was super super compact which made it a lot of fun uh playing in that that final round as well we just kind of knew that every shot uh, counted and mattered, um, and it was a lot of fun. I was wondering, like, I know you're out, when you're out on the course, you're entering the scores for your partners you're playing with uh, online. Are you tracking other scores also or not worried about that? Yeah, personally, I don't, don't, I don't like to know at all. I right. usually, yeah. I'm like, this is the shot that matters. This yeah. tee shot's the only thing that matters. I, I just plug it in and put it in my bag right away, so I try not to think too much about it. Sure. Uh, what were some memorable holes for you over the weekend? Ooh, memorable holes. I made a great par on the ninth hole um, during that final round. Mm. I hit it. Um, it was really windy, raining, obviously. Hit it, you know, to the left down there. Had about, like, 40 yards to the green. Made a great chip and just drained the putt, uh, which I was kind of gave a little fist bump after that one because it felt really nice to, to finish a good nine, especially in those conditions. Yeah, certainly. So I know when you play – these tournaments in college, you walk the course. There's no carts. Yeah. Um, when you play recreationally, do you use a cart or do you always walk the course? I usually always walk the course yeah. if I'm out with my buddies. Every now and then we'll get a cart. Yeah. But, yeah, we. I think I did a, a very good job, and the team as a whole did a really good job of kind of lifting in the off season and getting stronger. So that way, you know, when you're cresting that 18th hill at Martindale, you're not feeling too tired. Uh, so I think that a lot of the preparation we put in in the off season paid off uh, kind of in the coming weeks that we had in the spring. Yeah, because people forget, like, you know, the pros have caddies who carry their bags. You guys carry your own bags. I mean, it, that's not an easy task. Yeah, definitely not an easy task. And even when it's pouring rain and you're yeah. wet, it gets even a little tougher. So definitely not the easiest thing to do. Now, how about the team's performance just in general? I mean, like, you know, Henry being a first, year Paul's your year I mean uh, you're all, you guys are all coming back the guys who played in SCAGs that's pretty exciting right yeah definitely really exciting you know it's it's gonna be sad bittersweet to see uh Pat go our mm -hmm. captain I I love him great great friend and great teammate um but we're also really really excited to get going next fall I think we have just a great group of guys as you were saying with Evan uh Paul you know myself Henry Will Freddie's also another great um sophomore on the team so I think we're all 
even just getting as much better and just competing um, and getting more tournament reps. And I'm I'm really excited to what we can kind of show in the fall season. How happy are you guys to you know, pick a little Bates history? I mean, Bates team has never gotten like fourth on SCAC before. Right? Yeah, that's that's definitely something awesome. That's something that we're all really proud of, and we're just excited to kind of continue to grow um, and see how well we do in the fall. What aspects, I mean, I'm sure we've played a lot of golf over the summer, what aspects of your game are you most focused on working on? Yeah, in the off season, I really worked on getting stronger and hitting the ball a lot further, and then I've really noticed a big difference in my iron play and just being able to strike the ball cleaner and hit more greens. Um, I've always been, you know, a very good putter and chipper, so just kind of tightening that up is always nice to have, but I think getting a lot stronger, hitting the ball further, um, and getting my iron styled in is something that I'm continuing to work on. Awesome. What are your thoughts on the NESCAC championships you want to share we haven't got to talk about? Um, I think, you know, just congrats to everyone that played. I'm, I'm, I know I'm personally really happy of the way our team played, uh, especially not the easiest conditions on the weekend, but we all, we all toughed it out and ended up posting a really great round for the team, a good finish, so couldn't be more prouder of everyone. All right, John Kawakami, thanks so much. Thank you. The rowing program took home its 10th consecutive President's Cup with a dominating performance against Bowden and Colby on the Androscoggin River on Saturday. On the women's side, senior Daria Lee rode in the bow seat for the first Varsity 8 and the Varsity 4, helping Bates win both races. She joins the Bobcast this week to give us a look at where the women's program stands entering championship season. Well, before we talk about the President's Cup, Daria, take us back to when you started rowing growing up. So in high school, I went through a series of injuries. I used to play soccer, and um, I eventually realized that rowing was the right place for me. So I started my sophomore year of high school. Um, I wasn't super serious about it, but then as the years went on, my focus shifted from soccer to rowing. I really fell in love with the sport, and then I met with the assistant coach at the time, Haley, when I was looking at Bates and other colleges, and I really just felt very much at home at Bates. Everyone seemed really friendly and welcoming, and so that kind of helped make my decision very easy, and I was like, I want to come to Bates and be part of such a big team and family. So So when you were looking at colleges, what put Bates on your radar to begin with, kind of? I loved the nature and the environment of Maine. I looked at a few other schools in Maine, but Bates really was the one that stood out to me as a really warm, friendly vibe, especially with the team and everyone on campus was always smiling and everyone said hi to each other. And I just felt like that was the place I wanted to be. So you come to Bates, your first two years, probably not as you thought they would be, uh, but you finally get, you know, with COVID finally passing somewhat junior year, you get into the second varsity eight, you go, you win another gold medal. Uh, take us through, you know, be, be earning that spot in the second varsity as a junior and now moving up to the 1v. What's that process has kind of been like? Yeah, it's been a really cool experience. Um, I think because of COVID, uh, my experience was definitely very different than maybe other athletes that have come before me. Um, I think it was really great to be in the 2v last year. I felt so lucky and um, we really had to fight for every second. Uh, that gold medal did not come easy, and I felt like every single person in the boat wanted it so badly. And I think it was even the greater thing was we were such a young boat last year, and I don't. I think there maybe was one person who had been to NCAA's before, and so everyone just wanted it so badly, and it was such a new thing and a new feeling. Um, and then going into this year, I feel like I am in a boat with people who we all have the experience of going to NCAAs before, and we're really ready for a fight. Now, the bow seat in particular, what makes that seat kind of maybe different than the others? 
Um, so I would say I'm a very short rower. I'm five foot four. Um, and I think usually someone who's shorter on the smaller side ends up going in there. Um, you can really see the boat and the run and everyone kind of ahead of you and you have to follow really well. And you have a little bit more effect on the set of the boat. say if it's dropping to one side or the other. Um, and it kind of gives you an overall feel of how everything's doing um, and is more like a technical position. Yeah, I know. I noticed like Peter will sometimes shift people around within the boat, but you've been bouncing, I think, every race, right? Yeah, um, I think there are definitely some people who are really skilled and um, they are able to row at many different places in the boat. But I think my main position and my best skills are definitely in that bow seat. So pretty comfortable there. Yeah, I'm very comfortable there. Um, I haven't rode anywhere else except since my freshman year, I was the stroke of our freshman eight. And so um, that was really cool. I really enjoyed doing that, but I haven't rode there (laughs) ever since. Gotcha. And then um, President's Cup this past weekend, um, you know, you rode, I think, in the bow seat for not only the first varsity, but also the varsity four, right? And both those boats won their races. But take us through the difference maybe tw- between being in an eight like you're normally in and a four when you know, you have multiple races like this. Yeah, so in a four, I feel like it's a little bit more personal. Um, it's just you and your three other teammates and then the coxswain. Obviously, the coxswain faces um, down the course instead of away, so the coxswain can't necessarily see everything, um, but they have a better idea of what's kind of coming ahead. And so for me and those three other rowers, it was an all-senior four, and I felt kind of emotional. I know everyone um, thinking about our last rig race on the Androscoggin, so that was really special to me to kind of have that special moment. Um, this was only my second Um, President's Day Cup because of COVID and then freshman year. So it was even more special just to have everyone out there and see all of our friends and family and like all the dogs and animals. Everyone's just having a great time at the grill. So it was really special. And then it was kind of it was really cool to go from the four having that awesome race and then get into the eight and then just like feel this huge community going forward and kind of building off of our win from the first one. So it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was a big weekend, obviously, for the Bobcats. And you mentioned the Presence Cup environment. It's very, I, I, you know, I, obviously the boathouse in, in green is a very nice area, but it's kind of a unique experience, this particular regatta, right? Yeah, it's really unique. Um, I feel like it's definitely a very serious regatta, but there's more of a focus on the family style, get the grill out, have everyone come down. And so it feels kind of like a reunion of sorts. Um, and there's always lots of people seeing um, fellow teammates at Colby and Bowden, also great. UMaine was there. They're a club program. They're growing for the first time. So it's really nice to have a regatta that's kind of centered around the main schools, especially like just... There are so many New England schools to feel like we're all strong together in that one sense. Terrific. And now we get into championship season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, New England's are this weekend um, at Lakewood Sigamon, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that course like? I know you've competed there uh, many times. Yeah, so it's a pretty straight course. Um, you start under the bridge, which is always exciting, a little bit hectic. Then you get going, um, and it's just a straight shot down. And then um, at the earlier parts of the season, we do some races there, and usually we launch from, um, I think it's WPI or the boathouse that's on the other side of the river, so closer to the beginning of the race. But then in champ season, um, we're on the side that's 
right at the end of the race so we can see everybody crossing the finish line and I think everyone's just really excited to see like we've been working on some things to see like what we've got and to have a good season and yeah have a good race oh yeah yeah. i was thinking about that because like i mean the first varsity i mean you've you've competed against wellesley this year but you haven't seen williams yet and so i mean i know you're focused on yourselves but there's some pretty good competition coming up right yeah i think we're really excited to see um the competition we've seen wellesley before and i'm excited to see them again we're excited to see williams tufts all of the nescac schools you never know what's going to happen so i think it's going to be a great weekend Terrific. And then I guess your thoughts on what maybe the team's been working on out there on the Andrew Scoggin uh, these last few weeks, kind of preparing for this championship season? Yeah, so um, I think one of the awesome things about Bates and maybe – the less awesome things about Bates is we spend a lot of time on the ergs because Andrew <laughs> Scoggin um, doesn't melt for very long. Sure, right. So I think getting just time on the water um, going forward has been a big thing for us, um, considering that at the beginning of the season, there might have been some teams that had more time in the boats on the water. And then now we're kind of catching up to that. And so that's been really feeling good to just have those strokes and have so much time together. Excellent. New England Championships this weekend. I believe they are live streaming them, so find those links at GoBaseBobcats.com. Daria Lee, thanks so much. Thank you. For the men's team, senior Cox and Aiden Braithwaite led both the first Varsity 8 and the Varsity 4 to victory on Saturday, navigating the Bobcats down the Androscoggin River. An all-NESCAC selection a year ago, Braithwaite leads the first Varsity 8 that has big hopes for the New England Championships, which are this Saturday on Lake Quinsigamond. President's Cup, obviously always a lot of fun. Um, take us through kind of the experience of the day there um, on the on the Androscoggin. Yeah, it's really awesome to be on our home course uh, for President's Cup. Um, you know, we've been traveling a lot to Boston, to Worcester. Uh, our next few races are going to be in Worcester as well. Um, and so, you know, to not have to, you know, get in that bus and go two hours or um, stay overnight in some hotel, just wake up, get in a van with your friends, and and head over to the Skog is just awesome. So you got to Cox both the obviously the varsity which you which you normally do obviously, but also the varsity four. So when you're doing that, what's the biggest similarities differences between Cox and the eight, Cox and the four? We obviously the four you're in a very different position. I know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, as you were alluding to, uh, the four I sit in the front of the boat. Um, I'm basically lying down like I'm in a coffin or something. <laughs> and then uh, in the eight, I'm way at the back of the boat with eight tall guys right in front of me. So in the four, it's a lot easier to um, uh, steer, but it's also a lot harder to see what the guys are doing. Um, so personally, for practice, I prefer being in eights just because I like to be able to see what technique needs to be adjusted and all that good stuff. Um, and then fours, uh, I did a lot of those in high school, and I really just love the feeling of being low down to the water and going fast. I know Bowden specializes in fours. They're a club team, but they're very, they have very good fours every year. And it was a close race, right? So take us through the race. Definitely, yeah. So uh, Bowden has historically been a fours program. I think they're starting to transition to eights, but um, they definitely are historically a fours program. And we know that they're really tough competitors when it comes to the fours. So, um, yeah, uh, really close race. Uh, we came up uh, a little bit uh, ahead off the start. And then Bowden kind of came through us in the second 500. And then um, we really uh, emphasized the second half of the race. Um, and we were able to walk right back through them and win by 0.7 seconds. So it was an exhilarating race. 
Excellent. And the Varsity 8 race, a little bit easier perhaps, but um, the Varsity 8 seems to be pretty consistent this year. So take us through this group here. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've uh, got a really solid core of guys um, coming back from last year. Uh, guys like uh, our captains, uh, Ben McDonald and uh, Brennan Bates, as well as uh, two juniors who are also my roommates, uh, Isaac Levenger, Charlie Berman, um, and Sean Christensen is, uh, was our stroke for the fours race and sent a really amazing rhythm. But we also have three really awesome freshmen that have come in and really stepped up. Uh, George Favre, Will Siebert, and Luke Damazon have really, really stepped up. Great. Yeah. What's it like to see those, you know, young guys have so much early success? It's awesome to see, you know, um, last year we had two freshmen in and out of the varsity eight. Uh, this year we have three and they bring a lot of talent and a lot of potential to the program. And, you know, as a senior, I wish I could, you know, stay for three more years and see what they were doing because I know that they're going to do some really special things in the future. Now, as a senior, you had to bide your time a little bit. I mean, obviously, first year there was COVID, so that was kind of a wash. Second year, very limited racing schedule. There were two coxswains who were older and, you know, more experienced. Um, last year, though, you, you got to, you know, get in there right away, got all NESCAC. So those first two years, how do you kind of, like, maintain your focus and, you know, maintain your kind of commitment and, and, and see it pay off? What was that like? Yeah, for sure. Uh, those first two years were pretty tough. Um you know, as uh, experience is really everything for coxswains, and I had less experience than a lot of the guys and girls that were above me. Um, but I really just took that as an opportunity to learn as much as I could and to improve um, my coxing skills, how I presented myself off the water, really just every facet of being a um, athlete and a coxswain at Bates. And I think that, you know, by always challenging myself to take that next step to um, push my coxing to the next level. I think that's how I was able to get into the varsity eight last year. Excellent. Now you've been on the Bobcast before and I'm pretty sure I asked you this question, but in case people don't remember, how did you start as a coxswain? How did that begin for you? Yeah. Um, so in high school, I actually started as a rower. Um, I'm a pretty, pretty tall for a coxswain, just about six feet. Um, so that's usually, uh, they would usually try and push you towards being a rower. Uh, they had, um, a spot open for a coxswain, and I've always been a pretty light guy. Um, I have uh, celiac, which probably helps with that, but um, uh, <laughs> in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I started coxing, and I really loved it and never really looked back uh, after that, although I still do enjoy working out with the team. Gotcha. Yeah, and so now we got championship season has arrived. We've got New England's this weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the team's looking to accomplish uh, down there on Lakewood Sigamond? Yeah, um, I think we have um, a really exciting race ahead of us uh, for the Varsity 8. Uh, we're going against some pretty tough competition in Williams, Holy Cross, MIT, um, as well as Wesleyan, uh, Trinity, and Tufts. Um, but we're, we're looking to really push and be part of that top three, top four uh, boats. And our 2V as well is really strong this year. Uh, they've been really killing it. They're ranked second right now. Uh, in D3, so uh, really looking forward to seeing what they're able to do. And R3V as well is, is really uh, coming along, and they've shown massive improvement throughout the year. Now, I know we want to take it one race at a time, but let me skip forward a little bit. NIRC's this year after New England's. Um, is it like last year where top two in the NESCAT get an automatic bid to IRAs? Is it the same format? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. how it's okay. going to go. Um, I mean, out of the top seven teams in D3... Right now, right. I think I think all but all but one of them yeah. are NESCAT colleges. So um, it's definitely going to be a tough fight for those um, those auto bids, as you were saying. But 
um, yeah, there's there's options to to get in otherwise, but we're we're really looking to get an auto bid and show what we're really about. Certainly. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the President's Cup this past weekend we haven't got to talk about? Um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that came out and supported us. Um, uh, thank you to our photographer, Ken, for coming out. He's a senior at Bates as well. Um, and it's just really awesome to see the support and the um, the love that we get um, at President's Cup because, you know, we, we that's our only home uh, event. And um, it's, you know, we're not like other sports where, you know, it's like half and half or something like that. Um, and, you know, every home regatta is, is really just an awesome way to engage with the base community. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, Ken Williams, he took about 150 photos. They're all on our website, uh, gobatesbobcats.com. If you look at the schedule for rowing, the President's Cup recap has all those photos uh, in there. So thanks, yeah, thanks to Ken for doing that. And then also, after the President's Cup, I forgot to ask you, you had the boat dedication. So what was that like? Yeah, that was, that was really cool. So um, our coach, Peter Steenstra, has... Uh, uh, been uh, acquaintances with uh, Ralph Sylvester, who is a uh, veteran and um, Bates class of uh, 1950. Yeah. And so he is just an awesome example of everything that Bates strives to be. You know, his service um, in uh, the Second World War, he was on the beaches at D-Day. And, um, you know, his engagement with the community um, after he's always in the den uh, when it was when it's open, right? He'll <laughs> be open soon enough. <laughs> yeah, um, he's always in the den. Uh, he's in common sometimes. Um, so if you ever see him, you know, thank him because he's a really awesome guy, and it's an honor to have a boat named after him. And the new boat's pretty good, right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. We raced it earlier in the season. Um, we're in a different boat right now, but yes. Gotcha. All right. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for joining the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. The track and field teams competed in the NASCAC championships over the weekend, and the Bobcats earned eight all-NASCAC honors. On the women's side, senior captain Jill Richardson finished runner-up in the 5K, and junior Chrissy Amon was the runner-up in the 1,500 meters. Amon recorded a personal record time of 4 minutes 38.79 seconds, the sixth fastest mark in Bates women's track and field history. Chrissy Amon on the Bobcast this week with us from the women's track and field team. Ned's CAC runner-up in the 1500 meters. Take us through the race from your perspective how it went. I was really nervous leading up to it because I felt like I really had to, you know, perform and do the best I could for my team. But going out there, we started off pretty strong. My high school teammate actually was in the lead, so it was nice to be running with someone I was, you know, kind of familiar with. And... Um, you know, I was, I think, in second going around into the final lap and then, a, you know, a ton of people coming past you and it's like, oh, gosh. And um, I finally got, you know, 200 meters to go and I, you know, felt like I had it in me. So I just kind of gave it all I had in the final straightaway. And um, it was kind of scary because I feel like I this entire season had kind of had some up and down races and I'd have a lot of health problems like <laughs> in the past two seasons. So it's been hard for me to run consistently, but it was good to, you know, go out there and perform. It's fun. So how many people did you pass in those final 200 meters? Oh gosh. I don't know. I think I was maybe in like sixth mm. with around 300 to go. And then I passed like maybe three probably in the last 200 I would guess but 
you know, it was kind of all a blur. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned kind of ups and downs, but you've been winning quite a few races in the outdoor season. So what's been coming together for you, perhaps? Well, during cross country, I got um, bronchitis around oh. halfway through. And then during indoor, um, actually during my one mile, I had COVID. <laughs> um, so, and then... A week before my first meet, I actually had pneumonia. Wow. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I, I had pneumonia a few weeks ago. Not fun. Yeah, not it fun. was definitely not great. Yeah. So, um, not having that happen was probably <laughs> what did it. Um, I've been running a lot, so I think that's really helped to get my fitness to a better place. I've been running, like, a lot higher mileage than I have in previous years, and I think that's really helped, even though, you know takes a lot of time. Well, sure. And you've run a variety of events, 1,500, 800. You had the mile actually a few weeks back, uh, the 5K. Uh, I think you were a pacer for that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what's your favorite event perhaps? It's definitely the mile now. Hmm. In high school, I was kind of an 800 runner, but I think especially as my mileage has increased, the 800 gets harder and harder. I mean, I also ran the 4x8 mm-hmm. in, uh, this weekend and I was really nervous because running the 800 now feels kind of like an all-out sprint to right. me. So it's really tough to go in just knowing that 100 meters in, it's going to feel like already painful. Whereas the mile, it feels pretty comfortable, at least for the first 800. Gotcha. So you're a junior now, right? Yeah. So take us back when you were in high school, when you were looking at colleges. What made Bates the place for you? Um, I think when I met the coach, it kind of clicked for me. It just felt like... And just meeting everyone on the team, everyone was so welcoming and nice, and it just felt like a place where it'd be really easy to fit in, Um, and I just didn't really feel that at other schools, so (laughs) I kind of joke that I, like, didn't even think about it, (laughs) which I probably, you know, should have, but I think it worked out pretty well anyways, so. (laughs) Excellent. How did you start first getting into running kind of in general growing up, perhaps? Mm, Both my parents were runners, Mm -hmm. so I kind of always knew it was there. Um, but I didn't start running until high school, which I think is kind of good. I feel like a lot of people I know who started running in like middle school are, you know, a little burnt out by now. Right. But um, I started doing cross country in high school and I was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I was walking up the hills and races and stuff. But, you know, it's kind of nice that I, you know, built up from that. It's not like I was a child prodigy by any means. Well, the cross-country team had a great year this year. I mean, I mean, I know you had some obviously issues with some illnesses and stuff. What was it like to see that, you know, have that team do so well? It was really crazy. I mean, I knew we were probably going to have a good season based off, you know, we've always been doing pretty well in cross-country. But when I came and was doing workouts with the team it was just crazy how in shape everyone felt I think everyone's kind of been you know putting in the work with the mileage with the workouts and so it was really nice to see you know it all pay off at nationals and stuff it was great to see and of course we have a new cross-country coach and he's also the distance coach for um, track and field uh, during the winter and spring what's uh, what's Danny Feldman been like so far he's been honestly so great like I feel like I have a lot more like freedom training wise, and I think he kind of <laughs> lets me do what I want, which is uh, <laughs> it's you always know, good, right? <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it works out because you know I've kind of been able to experiment. You know, I'd really never run more than forty miles a week, and now I'm running like at least fifty. 
five, usually maybe even 60. Mm. So I think it's been really cool. And I think it's really like benefiting the team as a whole to have that kind of flexibility. And I think it's been a really good transition. And also combining with the men's team has been nice. It makes us feel like a more united team and it's nice to see everyone at practice more together excellent i want to ask you about when you were a pacer for elizabeth Lacroix. i think right at the quad <laughs> uh-huh. meet in the 5k had you been a pacer before what what is the key to that i had not ever been a pacer before and i was almost more nervous for this than i am for a regular race because you know if you blow up in your own race that's one thing but if you blow up pacing someone else you've ruined two races (laughs) and so I was I was really stressed about it but I just it was actually really fun for me because I felt like I could like check in and like see if she wanted me to go faster or slower and like at one point I was behind this girl and she started to slow down so like I kind of you know, looked behind and was like, is it okay if I pass? And then I made the pass and it, it was really fun. It felt like a great, like kind of teamwork exercise. And I thought it was a lot more fun. And I never thought I'd run that far on a track before. So <laughs> it was kind of fun. It was nice to do something different. Excellent. Now we have uh, New England this weekend, right? So tell us about the races you'll be competing in there. I'm running just in the 1500. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty excited for that. I think there's going to be some good WPI girls, and I think the competition will be really good. And hopefully the weather won't be <laughs> nearly as rough as it was at Con. So I'm excited. Um, I'm just going to try and have fun. You know, I feel like I've had a pretty good season, so I think it'll just be nice to see what I can do. You know, is the 1500 something you could potentially compete at nationals, or what would be the standard there? Kind of. Um, I mean, I'd have to drop a. And like maybe five seconds to really definitely make it. Mm. Um, I think it's a little more competitive to make the 1500 an outdoor okay. versus the mile indoor mm-hmm. because in outdoor there's like a 3K. So a lot of the distance runners kind of gravitate towards that, whereas outdoors you're either in the 1500 or the 5k, which <laughs> it's a pretty big jump. So sure. um, it would be pretty competitive. I mean, obviously. I'll, you know, do my best to get a time that would be close to qualifying. But, you know, I I was more worried about staying healthy this season right. than <laughs> I didn't even think I'd get this far in. So, you know, I'm just trying to see what I can do at this point. Yeah, so feeling good now is what it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot better. Um, I don't know what changed, but I'm glad it did because it felt pretty unsustainable at that point, which is, you know, not great. Yeah, right. And Well, and you touched on the relay you were in, uh, scored points there, seventh in the four by 800. You mentioned 800 feels like a sprint, basically. But <laughs> what's it like being in a relay? Because I feel like a lot of track and field athletes really uh, enjoy the relays. I love the relays. I feel like it's really nice that they're always at the end of the meet. You know, everyone's kind of cheering and watching. Um, and I feel like the energy of just like being with your teammates and like working as a group is really nice. Um, it is a little weird, especially in the four by eight, because I feel like, like I was lucky enough to get the baton right behind a Wesleyan girl. So I kind of had someone to work off of for at least the first lap, but then I was, I felt kind of slow behind her. So I was spent a while debating like, oh, do I go around her and be in no man's land and risk her passing me back? But, uh, eventually my coach screamed at me. So (laughs) I, uh, I went around and tried to get, I think I caught a tough squirrel, which was nice. It was fun. Um, 
we had a pretty horrible handoff, which was oh. really funny, but, <laughs> you know, it happens. Not <laughs> we, something you'll want to watch back on film, perhaps, right? <laughs> well, I did watch it back. Yeah. It was actually so funny because my teammate and I, like, you can see us take, like, four steps together where we're trying to, like, get it into our right. hand. I think Williams had dropped their baton in the oh. lane next to us, so we are kind of... <laughs> a little distracted and forgot that we also had to make the handoff. <laughs> Plus, it was, you know, rainy, so it was a little slippery. You know? Certainly, <laughs> yeah. We've had to suffer some interesting uh, weather for outdoor season. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share, you know, on NESCAC, sort of the season so far we haven't got to talk about? Um, I guess i just like to say I'm, like, really proud of how my team performed. It was really nice to see everyone go out there and kill it. So I'm excited to see what we can do at D3s. Excellent. Chrissy Edmund, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Yeah, thank you. On the men's side, senior captain Liam Byrne earned all NESCAC honors in all four throws events. Junior Ned Farrington was the NESCAC runner-up in the 1500 meters, and the 4x800 relay team finished in third place, good for all NESCAC honors as well. But it was the 4x100 relay team of senior Derek Shen, sophomore Kevin O'Connor, senior Robbie Griffin, and senior captain Colby Staken Pickering that rewrote the Bates record books, breaking the program record with their time of 42.04 seconds. The Bobcats finished fourth in the race, and Griffin, who has been a big contributor in multiple relays this year, joins the Bobcast to look back on NESCACs. We've been racing really well the past few weeks, have been right there. Um, we missed it by .03 seconds at the UMass meet two weeks ago. Uh, so we definitely knew we had it in us, and uh, everyone just performed. Everyone raced well on their leg, and it's a really great feeling to finally get it. I know you've raced a lot of 400s. What's it like racing in a 100-meter race? Yeah, it's definitely exciting dropping down from the 4 to the 1. Um, Kev, Derek, and Colby are obviously great 100, 60, 200 guys. So it's, I definitely have to adjust a little bit running the one, but it uh, feels easy coming from the four. Gotcha. And then um, you didn't race to the main state meet, but the week before, you were our male bobcat of the week for your performance at UMass. A bunch of events there, right? Take us through that meet. Take us back a couple weeks there. Yeah, uh, busy meet for me for yeah. sure. Um, across the board, sprinters and distance guys did really well. Uh, really good conditions at UMass. It was a fun meet. I did the 4 by one and that's the meet where we point zero three yeah. off the record. Um, and then I was able to PR in the open four at 49.3. And then our 4 by 4 had a great day. Um, ended up running th 3.19, which is a really good time. Um, and me, Pete, Truman, and Evan really just left it all out there. Ended up being a great time. So how do you balance your training? Because you're in 4 by 4s you're in 4 by ones you're doing open fours, you're doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, Four by one definitely takes some um, unique training, um, given that the handoffs are at full speed. It's a lot different than the four by four, where it's you're handing off at kind of a jog, where four by one's full speed. So you have to basically measure your steps, practice with the uh, leg before you. And we generally do handoffs two times a week. Um, but at this point in the season, everyone kind of just gets in a groove, and it just feels natural when you're out there. So New England's coming up. Uh, what are you going to be doing there? Yeah, so I think for New England's this week, I'll be focusing on the four and the four by four. Okay. Yeah. So no four by one this week? No four by one for me. Um, there might be a little bit of movement in the four by one okay. now that we got the record. Um, <laughs> but also doing three races two weeks in a row would be yeah. just a lot. Um, so looking forward to just four and four by four this weekend. So is the four by four team going to be the same one we saw at UMass? Yep. The yeah. uh, four by four team will be the same. Okay. Um, we didn't have a great race at NESCAC, so we're hoping to rebound uh, this coming week. Gotcha. What's kind of the key to maybe rebounding, perhaps? Um, clean handoffs and then just a clean start. Um, whoever's starting the race on leg one, we just want to get out quick. Um, 
and then be be competitive once we're into leg two and stay in the race. So should be good. Remember last year, the men's team had a really great meet at New England. So hoping for a repeat of that kind of. Yeah, last year we didn't do great at NESCACs, but then came back the week after and everyone performed great at New England's. Um, it was a really nice team success there. So we're hoping to do the same thing. Gotcha. And then um, in terms of for you, I mean, where are you in terms of any possible national type of competition, like NCAAs, or do you get to drop some time, or how is that going to go? Yeah, so right now I'm a little bit of a ways off from okay. the four and the four by four, but uh, I think the most likely scenario would either be four by one or four by four. Mm. And we've both been dropping time consistently each week, so if we keep doing that, there's definitely a possibility one of those relays might end up there, but it's, it's definitely a hard feat to achieve, so mm. we're, we're shooting for the stars there. Sure, sure. And then um, for you personally, I mean, how have you seen the year kind of go? I know indoors you had the big deal with breaking 50 seconds, right? Yeah, so indoor I finally was able to break 50 seconds. And that was also the first year I'd ever done a full season of indoor track. Oh, right. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment period at the beginning, just given how tight the curves are compared to outdoors. So that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then it just prepared me well for outdoor, kind of just like leapfrogging into the season. Um, yeah, so outdoors kind of been a lot smoother for me. It's kind of been the year of the sprinter for Bates uh, track and field, it seems like, right? I mean, what's it like seeing, uh, you know, you being part of this group and also seeing all the, you know, the 60 record fall each week, it seemed like, uh, during the indoor and all that? Yeah, there's so many school records. If you look at the top yeah. 10 board right now, it's crazy how the sprinters have done. Really talented, dedicated group. Um, but if it, whether we're in the gym or on the track, we just kind of keep it loose, try to have fun, and it's been a really enjoyable season. The baseball team made some history last Wednesday, defeating the University of Southern Maine for the first time since 1988. And senior Henry Jameson stole his 24th base of the season, breaking the program record, which had stood since 1984. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week marks the Friends of Bates Athletics Challenge. Check out GoBatesBobcats.com for more details and support your favorite program this week as they compete to see who has the most passionate fan base. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my